overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on his people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hey, Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and you pronounced that so well. Yes. Well, I have done it before. You've done it a few times, that um, intro. Yeah, Laura Laura just attempted to intro us because I was like, kind of like in a Mexican standoff with her, just mm-hmm. staring at her, mm-hmm. saying I wasn't going to do it. But And she knew I would cave, and then I, I caved with something like, Embarrass Rich of Mincements is essentially what I, <laughs> I said. Don't th- I don't think that's true. I can't remember. I, I feel like if you would just like push through. No, there okay. was no pushing through. It was too painful. Well, we have one of my favorite human beings uh, joining us tonight. Miss Jenny Miller is with hey, us. Hey. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> she just gave twinkle fingers because she's a person that can pull that off. <laughs> she really can. Mm-hmm. So Jenny endeared herself to me when she visited our life group once and she brought um, fruit dipped in chocolate and they were so cute. And I brought cheese and crackers and um, it wasn't very cute. I probably brought a bag of chips. Yeah, but Jenny's, Jenny's fruit endeared her to me and then her cake balls made it even better. It's almost like pretend that you can make the things you can make. It yes, just doesn't so feel like cute, real life wonderful. in my world. It doesn't seem like something I would bri- bring to someone's house of a Tuesday evening. This tonight, right before I came here, tomorrow my this is pre-recorded. Tomorrow my oldest child graduates from sixth grade, who mm-hmm. Jenny Miller taught in I preschool, did. and um, I was my the most creative I could get was stuffing two cookies in bags for all the sixth graders, and tying <laughs> and tying a red and blue ribbon on it. I almost doubled up the ribbon, but I decided that was too much work. I've sometimes (laughs) handed people presents in a Target bag. (laughs) Because what's the point? Yeah. I'm not all about the pomp and circumstance, but I sure appreciate somebody that is. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I love about Jenny Miller is how she can make things pretty. That's right. As I was just shopping for tissue paper that matched the envelope of my graduation gift. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my word. Yeah. Well, nope. Jenny, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, how you came to know Christ, and then we'll, you know, go from there, things like that. All right. Um, well, I'm originally from Kentucky, and I guess as they say, I got here as fast as I could, but we really <laughs> do love Texas now, and it is definitely home, but mm. I do miss the the beauty of Kentucky and the slightly cooler temperatures of Kentucky. Were but you from the holler? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is there a holler? Well, that's like the valleys, right? They call them the hollers. And the, like, I, I was from a fairly decent sized city so but isn't that like isn't that what a holler is? It's like a it's like a valley kinda. in the mountains. And, sure. Yes. Kinda. I do lose my shoes often. So I guess, you know, that's She's what I She's currently not wearing I shoes. No, don't right. wear them much. So So you're from Kentucky. <laughs> I am from Kentucky. Um I'm the oldest of three kids. 
I'm the only one that has moved away. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's... I'm reminded of that often. So um, I have two kids, two daughters. One just graduated college. So That's crazy. It is really crazy. I mean, I don't know how a 25-year-old could have a college-age daughter, but... You, know. <laughs> you started early. Yes, much, much early. <laughs> but um, I came to know the Lord when I was 12. I grew up in church, thanks to my mom. My mm. dad stayed home and watched Superman, so I can credit... Most of yeah. my spiritual upbringing to my mother, who drug us kicking and screaming mm. to church every Sunday, and um, just began asking a lot of questions, and she called in the pastor, and we talked, and prayed, and I accepted the Lord, and I won't say that I actually started growing in my relationship with Christ until um, college. I was part of Campus Crusade for Christ, which mm. I guess is crew now, because they're so much cooler, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> And that's when I really learned how to walk with God and have a relationship with Mm -hmm. Him and study the Word. So, um, yeah. Okay. And so how did you end up in Texas? Well, um, I got married, um, right? I literally graduated college one weekend, and the next weekend I got married. And the following weekend I moved to Texas. Wow. um, It's a busy two weeks. (laughs) It was. Uh, my husband went to Dallas Theological Seminary, so we came down here for him to get that training, and through a series of events, stayed here. So. And your parents were disappointed that you moved away. Yeah, um, like my family didn't like my husband, didn't, mm-hmm. not my current family, like my aunts and my uncles, like they were taking me away kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, but... Texas is most definitely home. I don't think I could get my kids to move if I tried to, and mm-hmm. I don't want to leave them. So. Yeah. Well, we don't want you to leave. No, you're not allowed to. I don't to. think I will. I think the church would be very sad if you left, given your Aww, you're so sweet. current job, too. I've and heard I wonderful things. love my current job. So. Jenny is uh, the assistant director, is that right? That's right. Of um, the DBC preschool. I can't put Creation, it's creation Station. Station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cute. Yes. <laughs> And, and so just side note, mm-hmm. before you were at DBC working there, you worked at a preschool program called Graham Cracker. That's correct. And it's the program that all three of my girls went through. Yes. And you were the only teacher, um, you and Mrs. Mayfield yes. were the only teachers that had all three of my girls, just the way their birthdays fell. And yes. so you're, you were like one of their favorite people. Well, in all the land. Still my favorite people. And I remember sitting across the table from you in like parent-teacher consultations and you praying with for, for all of my children. Aww. It was special. Well, I love seeing them and how big they are now. That just makes crazy. Almost a middle schooler, that oldest one. So, Jenny, um, I mean, Laura and I both know how you ended up at yes. DBC, but do you mind sharing a little bit of that? Yeah. I would love to. Um, Well, I spoke about my husband quite a bit. Um, He was a pastor of a local church, and, um, oh gosh, I guess he probably worked there about 16 years, maybe. Mm. Wow. Um, Definitely our lives. I worked at the preschool. He was the pastor. Kids went through the preschool, were involved in the youth ministry and the whole bit, but um, there was a, a shift that I started realizing 
our lives weren't right. Um, and well, can I actually back you, you up a little bit? May. So, the how were how was your marriage marriage in the beginning and in those earlier years before like your kids were in youth and yeah, um, I grew up in a home where my dad was not very nice, mm. um, especially to my mom. And so my example of what a husband should be like was not terribly great. Mm. So I wanted to not have that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was looking for somebody opposite of my dad, and I thought that I had found him. Um, he was very strong, outgoing, charming. Um, into <clears throat> church. Yeah, yeah, your dad stayed home. Yeah, during my church. Dad he wanted to go home. to seminary. Your husband wanted to go to seminary. Exactly. So you know, I thought I'd won the jackpot, but um, I didn't. <laughs> As it were. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I won't say it was terrible in the beginning. I was used to doing what I was told to do. I was used to being the good girl, used to being... Pleasing. Ple- a people pleaser, for sure. And so his dreams were my dreams. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really realized that I kind of wasn't allowed to have dreams. <laughs> and you, didn't resent, you didn't register it. You didn't resent it. It no. just thought that felt natural to you. Yes. Well, I loved him, and I wanted to follow him anywhere. And so <laughs> I came to Texas. But... Um, you know, he was in seminary, and that was really hard. I remember going through a period of depression because he was so focused on seminary, and I just thought, what am I doing here? I mean, I don't know how to even go to the grocery store by myself because I'm in this huge city, and, you know, I'm from Kentucky. I don't know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. She wasn't from the holler. But I wasn't it from wasn't the holler, Dallas. I did live in towns. <laughs> <laughs> if you say live in town... Then Dallas feels very different to yes, you. Yes, it does. So, um, so you know, we went through ups and downs. Again, it wasn't really something that I thought was unusual because it's what I grew up with. And compared to my dad, I thought, well, you know, he's better than that. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until much later that I realized how things had shifted so deeply and so everything was such a slow progressive turn that I didn't realize it had happened until everything had fallen apart and I remember saying to someone oh I wasn't allowed to be her friend and they said you you what (laughs) and it's like oh that's not normal (laughs) so like implying your husband had said you're not being friends with her. Yes. And you obeyed. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, then you it, you said it to somebody and they were like, wait, that's weird. Yeah. So backing up a little bit, I guess, um, I knew things were kind of going downhill pretty fast in my marriage. I'd reached out to the elders several times to and this, get help. This was at this point, how long had you been married? Um. 20 years. About 20 years. Yeah. So a long time. Yeah. A minute. A minute. Yeah. So everything just kind of got swept under the rug. Not a big deal. And things were going downhill super fast at home. And I started to get the feeling that he was, had a relationship with someone else. Um, he took a sabbatical. We went out of town for. This, did you, this is, have you reached out to the elders at this point or? 
Not about the relationship, just about our marriage. Okay. Just that I felt like something was, I now know it was like my discard phase where he was done with me. Mm-hmm. So you re- reached out to them, told them the, the, that the marriage was not going great. They gave him a sabbatical. Yes. Okay. And then y'all traveled some during that? We did. Um, the girls and I stayed home. While he went, when they were done with school, we flew out, spent a month there, and then came home and he spent another month. And I found out a few things that I wasn't very comfortable with about his relationship with someone in our church Mm -hmm. and questioned him often if something going on. And he always told me no. Um, We began to fight more and more, and of course everything was my fault. I mean, everything was my fault. Um, Even arguments he had with the kids came back to me. Um, So then some things changed. How was, like, were you in a place where you were comfortable standing up to him, or was standing up to him and standing your ground hard for you? And I guess I should back up and say my self-esteem was probably an inch tall because Mm -hmm. of my own father. I was just not good enough. And Mm -hmm. so coming into my marriage, I felt like finally somebody that will love me for me. And instead, that was very much used against me that to keep me in that position benefited him so there was to keep you a little insecure to keep very insecure Mm -hmm. yes um just not well you can try that he would ask me questions like this is my favorite can you handle giving the kids a bath tonight well I've done it every night Mm -hmm. so I think so but terms like can you handle it Mm -hmm. are you sure you can do it just always putting doubt in my head Mm -hmm. um which you know at first I'm thinking yeah, I can do Maybe it. Maybe that's just his turn of phrase. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so my self-esteem was always very low to the point that we would have a discussion or an argument. He would listen, ask fast, factual questions, look down at the floor for an extended period of time, and then come up and tell me why it was all my fault. Mm. And then I would go to our bedroom or the bathroom and I would seriously look at myself in the mirror and tell myself how stupid I was for even thinking that I could change him or be Mm -hmm. right about something and toward the end I really haven't shared this with a lot of people Mm -hmm. but guess I am now (laughs) thank you um I started hurting myself Mm. because I just really believed that I was that broken Mm. and that, you know, I was just that stupid. And so, well, it, it, he, I won't say it, he (laughs) had chipped away at you for 20 years Mm -hmm. to where you despised yourself. I remember being in the car once and he said, he was in a bad mood and I said, what's wrong? And he said, I don't really want to go to this thing. And I said, okay. And he said, it's not about not wanting to go. It's who I have to go with, which was me. And I mean, like, what do you say to that? It was just like, okay. I mean, like. And so there's two things going on there. One, the person that you love most and is supposed to love you most is, is being abusive and mistreating you. Mm -hmm. And then two, you're probably like at that, at that point Mm -hmm. insecure enough to go. Yeah. Absolutely. That is hard for him to have to go with me. 
and you start even buying when, even into it. Even if it makes it. you angry, right. on some level, you believe it. Yeah. It was so much easier to believe those statements and those lies than it was to try to convince myself of the truth. Mm-hmm. Because lies are a lot easier to believe. <laughs> Especially when they're repeated over and over, over and over and again. Over. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of my life, um, trying to teach my kids about the love of the Lord and thinking I was an exception to that. Mm. Um, that, you know, that's what I believed. Well, and side note, uh, a couple of years ago, the three of us and a couple of other ladies did Beth Moore's mm-hmm. Breaking Free study. And I remember you saying that, mm-hmm. that you really could not buy into right. God loving you like he loved other people. I think you fully believed it for other people. Oh, absolutely. But you could not even fathom it about yourself. And I remember sitting in that room and thinking, how? How can she not? I mean, like, have you seen the fruit dipped in chocolate? <laughs> have you made? seen how my children loved you? Have you have you yes. felt my heart leap when you prayed for my kids? Like, I, I just remember thinking, oh, I can't. But, you know, I there's no way I can change your heart. That's a belief. that God has to work on. And it was interesting. I mean, like, I loved being in the classroom. I loved being with the kids, and I really felt like I was genuinely good at it. Mm -hmm. But when I would come home and try to talk about it, I was just blown off as though it was just kind of silly and Mm -hmm. not a real job. Like you're just babysitting. Kind of. I mean, you know, obviously I didn't make a ton of money, and I wasn't contributing much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, it was just blown off as your little piddly part-time thing where that's where I felt the most loved and accepted and genuinely felt good about myself and you know it was just blown off but anyway so (laughs) as you so as you were in that 20-year range and you went to the elders and said something's Mm -hmm. really off here how did what 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 went on after that in our marriage Mm -hmm. um So some things kind of shifted at the church, and a new person came on staff, and um, I, he had a relationship with her that was very uncomfortable to me. Um, She had kids, who I taught. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, My kids started calling her kids his first family, and I knew something was very off, um, again, questioned him. Nothing, of course not. Um, went to the elders again, asked for help for our marriage. Um, I later found out they actually offered him an indefinite amount of time to fix our marriage, mm. uh, paid, and he turned it down. Mm. Um, I He had a cell phone. I did not know the password. He wouldn't share it with me. Um, if he did, then he would immediately change it. So one day it was on, and I put my thumbprint on it because I'm just that sneaky. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and <clears throat> looked at it every now and then when it wasn't with him, which wasn't very often, and nothing. Couldn't find a thing. I. It's funny looking back and saying that I couldn't find a thing because there were emails and text messages from several women that were inappropriate Mm. but he had blown things off so much and told me I was looking at reading you didn't read it that way you're being crazy yes now that looking at it if I told you some of the things that were said 
Like if it was Kaylin, I would lose my mind. You would lose your mind. Mm -hmm. But I blew it off because clearly it couldn't be that he was doing something he wasn't supposed Mm -hmm. to. So anyway, by the grace of God, one night I was looking at his phone and I looked at emails, nothing there. And I went to swipe it up so he wouldn't know I was looking and something else was opened and Mm -hmm. I saw a picture and I knew right then and there, mm. this is what you've been looking for. Mm-hmm. And I turned the phone off and I thought, okay, tonight I will look at it while he's asleep. We did not sleep in the same room at this point. Mm-hmm. And when I got up, of course I wasn't asleep, to get it, it was in the room with him. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get it. And I went back to bed and I pulled up my phone and I just prayed, God, I know this is it. I know this is going to show me what I know is true. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to trust him so badly. Um, I guessed his password mm. for this program, which obviously God gave me that password. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was all right there in front of my face. Um, the time that they had spent together, he called himself her boyfriend mm. and told him, told her that another girl he had this little relationship he was starting with wasn't her he didn't love her like Mm. he loved this other lady and and I always thought okay Jenny if you find out he's cheating I mean you're just gonna die and I remember my heart stopped for one beat and it picked right back up (laughs) and it was like you knew this was happening. Mm-hmm. I later found out that my kids knew it was happening. They were trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, called a friend in the mm-hmm. middle of the night because I knew she'd be awake, and she talked me through it. And the next day, I got a lawyer. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, how would you describe your feelings in those first few moments? I don't know. No one's ever asked me that. I think a lot of it was just, I called our house crazy town (laughs) because there was a lot of feeling crazy. He would Mm -hmm. tell me things that happened that I knew didn't happen, but you know, I started to question maybe all of this is really me. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm really crazy. Maybe I'm losing my mind. And so there was a little justification there to know, okay, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. I saw this all along. And so... You felt validated. Yeah, and, I mean, you had yeah. been gaslighted for mm-hmm. years. Oh my gosh, yes. And see, like, I didn't even know what those terms were. It wasn't until all of this happened that I... Somebody gave me a book, and I started reading it, and I was like, oh my gosh, was he working off a checklist? Like, mm-hmm. what yeah. is going on here? And so... Working yeah. off a checklist. <laughs> you know, I, you know, how do I embody you know, narcissism? As, as sometimes I say this, I mean, both with both with addiction and personality disorders, a, a lot of times I, I, I use the expression, every story is different, every story is the same. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it's almost like there is a checklist sometimes of the behavior. Um, wouldn't you say, Laura? Absolutely. I mean... Yeah. For for multiple personality disorder, no, not multiple personality disorders, but <laughs> yeah. for various personality, personality disorders, disorders, and you're just like, wow. And a lot of people aren't in this field mm-hmm. and don't know that, and it right. is very eye-opening when you start to see it, but also when you've been living on the other side of that, mm-hmm. you're inund- inundated with it daily, mm-hmm. 
and you just kind of get numb to it. It's such a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I if he had started off our marriage by telling me he didn't want to be around me or telling me things that happened or telling me, I can't talk to you, you're too emotional right mm-hmm. now, then I would have been like, red flag, red flag. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like that. Well, and, and it's, 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 it's that, that dance of this, like, emotional abuse is not different from physical abuse in the mm-hmm. sense of there's this dance People don't always behave that way, mm-hmm. oh, no. right? It, and and there's there's uh, there's nothing stronger. There's no stronger motivator for human beings than partial positive reinforcement. So, mm-hmm. um, every every but every woman probably has experienced the the guy that acted like he liked him, liked them and then pulled back, mm-hmm. and then acted like he liked him and then pulled back, and that's that's that dance that. I, they people they subconsciously do mm-hmm. when they when they're like that that it's not like they're consciously thinking I'm going to be a little bit nice right now and then I'm going to treat her like dirt I'm going to be a little bit nice right now and then right. I'm going to treat her like dirt but something about that po- partial positive reinforcement keeps you on the hook mm-hmm. right yeah like maybe I can get the full right. positive regard and maybe I'm wrong and that's oh, like absolutely. because because then they're being nice and you're like maybe I misinterpreted that whole thing. Well, and yes, I mean, exactly. The whole misinterpreted, you know, cause I was told I was sure. And so over and over as I com- tried to confront him with his behavior or relationships, you know, I was blowing things out of proportion. You know, he, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, so you were able to guess the code. You got all that information. You called and a lawyer the next day. Got a lawyer. I printed everything out, and I, at this point, I should probably back up. He has quit being a pastor. Mm. I think he saw the writing on the wall. Um, he got out. He um, told me the night before he quit. He was quitting. Oh. And Before uh, you found all that stuff? or Yes. Okay. Um, and so that was part of the thing that made you go, okay, something's going on. Or Just... He was so angry all the time, and everything was everybody else's fault, and he was so unhappy. I really did think maybe he'll leave. He'll get a better job that he loves, and things Things will will be be fine again. Mm -hmm. But even I remember him looking for another job, and he had two on the table, and he said, I don't know which one I should take. And I said, well, which one are you going to love? And he said, it's not about the love. It's about the money. Mm. It's like, well... No, it's not. I mean, you aren't going to be happy. You just want him to be happy. Yeah, you're not going to be happy if you're at a job you hate, even mm-hmm. if you're making a bunch of money. But that wasn't true to him. <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway, so he had already left. So I did take the printouts. I screenshotted everything. Took nice. printouts to the church, laid them on the table, and said, this is what's going on. And the response I got was, we figured something was going on. We just didn't know exactly mm-hmm. what. Um, I found out that he, the reason the elders didn't really do a whole lot was because he told them that I had borderline personality disorder. He told the, the elders and several people in the church, I actually mm-hmm. had stopped going to church because I couldn't sit there and listen to him preach anymore. And nobody ever reached out or oh. asked me anything. And now, you know, I know it's because they all thought I was crazy, mm-hmm. which I kind of did too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> So, um, I met him, I called, 
I decided that was it. I mean, I was done, and I wasn't going to try to work anything out, or any, not that he was going to either, but um, my sister came in town and helped me switch bank accounts and mm. all of this stuff and I called him and which I by said, the way seeing you sit here like in your cute little floral dress <laughs> and your cute smile um it's hilarious to me to think about you like sneaking around and taking screenshots and opening bank like, accounts and getting stealth. lawyers yeah. that's pretty impressive <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I met him at Lamathlin's and we sat down and he said what do you want to talk about and I said I filed for divorce today and I know I played into his hands because he'd already been telling his family and everything that I was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing everything he can, but, you know, she filed for divorce. There was nothing I could do mm. about it. I knew I was playing into his hands, but part of me, although I went through a big time of being ashamed of being divorced, mm. part of me was so proud of myself at that point to just say, I'm worth more than what mm. you have given me. Yes, and so... I said I filed for divorce, and it was so interesting because he asked his logical questions. How are you going to afford this? Where am I sleeping tonight? You know. He looked at the floor. He mm-hmm. looked at the table because we were at a table, and God just whispered in my ear, get up, you are done. And I did not stick around to hear how it was my fault. I got mm. up, and I walked out the door, and I kind of had that nervous giggle all the way home because I'm like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> But it was so fun. You just dropped the bomb and then I just did. walked away. Because that was the first time in 20-something years. Yes. Well, and you didn't you didn't need to hear how you were wrong because you knew you were right. Like, he told me later. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I went home. My sister was there. My girls were there. My best friend and her husband were there. And he was changing the locks on the house. Aww. And we were making spaghetti in the kitchen. And it was like joy. Mm-hmm. Like no eggshells. Just joy mm-hmm. and it was so weird I mean it was such a like almost a supernatural feeling of mm-hmm. just like freedom sure and I think sometimes when you're in emotionally abusive relationships mm-hmm. um that's that's a person that you love absolutely and there's a huge loss but sometimes when when you step out of the abusive relationship there's something that's like you're holding two hands open open, and in one hand is the grief Mm -hmm. and the sorrow and the loss. And in the other hand is like, like the look at freedom Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that you're not captive in this relationship Mm -hmm. anymore. And, and there's something like that you can rejoice in that. And again, that doesn't mean, cause I know, I know, I know cause I've sat with you and I know you and you're my friend now. Like I know that that wasn't always joyful. Like mm-hmm. there was pain there too. Well, and it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been almost three years now and there are still days that, you It'll know, knock your breath it out breaks and... me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I mean, I, one thing I have to remind myself, I had a friend told me, stop putting those chains back on. Mm. And I have to, I'm very visual and I have to like picture like being handcuffed to him or something mm. and thinking, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but there are days that I just think, God, it was so much easier. You know, it was provided for. I had a nice house. I drove a nice car. I, you know, just my kids went to good schools and, you know, he walked out the door 
we met with lawyers. He walked away with all of our money mm. and didn't pay college. So here I was left with very little. I mean, I got the money from our house that, let me just say, God replenishes often, and I don't know how it happens. There have just been so many things that he has provided that I, it's truly just unbelievable. Well, he's your father. Mm -hmm. He, He has proven himself so many times, and just even in mundane things that I just think, God, I can't do it today. Mm. And he says, you don't have to. Just Mm -hmm. coming over, you Mm -hmm. know. And it's just, it's, I mean, gosh, I just have a list a million miles long of his provision. Mm. And, you know, I just, I don't regret the choice. And I know it was the right choice. And I know God was behind me. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes because it is really, there are days... Um, my ex-husband has prospered quite a bit mm-hmm. financially. He bought himself a really great house, not mm-hmm. too far from us, and lives there with his fancy car and his younger girlfriend and her mm-hmm. children. And it's really hard some mm-hmm. days to think, why does he get away? Mm-hmm. Why did why why does my enemy prosper? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that was one of the very first things that happened when everything fell apart. I heard a podcast on the Psalms and how mm-hmm. it was a book of wailing and worshiping. I thought, well, that's me. So <laughs> I just dove right in and I read the the message version, which is quite hilarious. Some of their choices <laughs> of translation had me laughing which was great I mean you know fun time to laugh Uh and cry all at the Mm -hmm. same time but um but you know I look and I know God brought me to this place for a reason have a lot of people that knew something was going on and didn't tell me Mm. but I thought you know God knew when was the right time for me to know he knew when I could handle it and when I would be strong enough to make the choices that I made. And so I don't have any animosity towards those people. That's, you know. I think I shared this with you, like not just you specifically, Jenny, but I, uh, when we did that Breaking Free um, Bible study, uh, that Nadia Boltz Weber video, uh, mm-hmm. And of course, Nadia Boltzweber. I I frequently quote people that I don't agree with their whole theology, but I but I find pieces <laughs> uh, pieces of what they say that's beautiful and real and raw and true. And I remember her talking about forgiveness, and she she talked about forgiveness not being this kind of weeny act, but mm-hmm. but this kind of bold create. Uh, uh, courageous act mm-hmm. where it's like taking a bolt cutter to the chain of what someone's done to you and saying what you have done is so wrong that I refuse to be linked to that mm-hmm. for any longer and mm-hmm. and then that, that was what forgiveness was really like it wasn't like it's okay it's no it's it's not that big of a mm-hmm. deal that's 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 not what forgiveness is forgiveness is going no what you did was so wrong that I'm not going to be I'm not going to be chained to that anymore I'm cutting it free well, and so full disclosure, I remember hearing, uh-huh. and I'm sure that that's lovely to hear, but 
you know, you, he was a pastor at a local church sure. with a preschool that a lot of people went to locally. And, um, I remember hearing that some things had happened between you guys and rumors and probably inappropriate gossip. But, um, and then I remember turning around in church one day at DVC mm-hmm. and you were there mm-hmm. and I was so excited because I thought that experience with a husband who's a pastor and a, a lady that you work with, mm-hmm. um, that could ruin you on church, could ruin you on God. It could so, make you run okay. in the opposite How direction. How did you end up at DBC? That was, I think, a long time ago, my original question, but yeah. we're, mm-hmm. this is all leading there. Um, it's kind of funny. I actually knew the route of Oz, and so I thought, okay, where am I going to go to church? I, it never even dawned on me not to go to church. Like, mm. it was kind of funny. I'm fairly certain he doesn't go to church anymore. I think his relationship with the Lord probably is not in a very good place right now. Mm. But for me and the girls, I don't know. Like, we never faltered. I mean, it was just like, okay. Like, I have a kid who wants to be a missionary and Mm. a daughter who, you know, just graduated from a Baptist university and wants to teach and we're good. So I thought, well, I'll go to Dallas Bible and I'll see Jennifer. So I texted her and said, I'm coming tomorrow. And she said, I'll be there. And, um, sat in there. And it was so funny because I do remember seeing you and several other former students. And I looked around me and, you know, my husband was a pastor. Church was his job. We went to church every Sunday because, we had to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I looked around and I thought, these people don't have to be here. <laughs> like they are getting up on a Sunday morning of their own free will and coming to church to worship the Lord. And I was almost kind of just blown away by that because it just hit me. This isn't their job. They could stay in bed. They could mm-hmm. do whatever they wanted. And they chose to come to church to worship God. And I don't know. There's something about me that just hit me and it was like I I want to choose that too I mean this is God this isn't some flippant mm-hmm. <laughs> pastime this is a relationship with my Lord and I'm gonna be here and I'm pretty sure Aaron like made all his sermons apply to me <laughs> so <laughs> like they helpful. do sometimes <laughs> yeah I did make my kids come they have chosen not to come to DBC which I can respect but um I did make them come one Sunday, and the sermon was vengeance. What was it? Grace over vengeance or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Dad, come at air. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. Well, Jenny, I, um, I, you know, I, I met you. I guess that first time I met you was like at Kristen Forrest's house. Uh-huh. Um, and again, like I said, I immediately loved you because of the the cute snacks. Um, but I think it was that same year that we went on retreat yes. and Jenny roomed with, with me and Annie and, um, it was, it, I wasn't there because my body rejects women's sure, retreats. She's eventually going to get dragged back, <laughs> but yes, that's right. But, um, that was, it was, it was so cool to get to know you on that retreat. And I think that is where God sort of knitted our hearts together, mm-hmm. um, because I just remember conversations with you in the swing by the lake. Yes. And I think both of our hearts were a little bit broken mm-hmm. at the time. And just being able to talk to you, hear your story, you hear mine, 
us weep a little bit together yeah. and laugh a little bit together. Um, you know, it's it, it just, it just made me love you. Oh, thank you. I love you too. <laughs> I love both of you. I'm so blessed to have friends. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's one thing I love about DBC is everyone has just been so kind mm-hmm. and so gracious and just so accepting. I mean, like, I kind of feel like I have that, you know, was it hard to walk Scarlet into church? <laughs> yeah, was it? I mean, and was the hardest part for me truly is every Sunday because I sit down mm. and I'm not the pastor's wife anymore. Mm. I don't, sometimes I don't know where I fit mm-hmm. because that's what church was for me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Kat has always been so precious and invited me to sit with her. Or I remember one Sunday I was sitting next to her and then Aaron, I was. Cat was on my left, and then Aaron came and sat on my right, and I'm like, no, this isn't going to work. <laughs> but she's been super gracious to me to invite me to sit with her on occasion, and it's just, it's hard, because I don't, that was part of my identity, was the pastor's mm-hmm. wife, and now I'm not anymore, and you know, it's almost as though I've had to reevaluate what my role in the church is. And I love to be involved. I love to do stuff. And, you know, as a pastor's wife, I was kind of expected to. Now it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's freeing in itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 was, I was telling Laura, of course, I was telling it in the context of the time I blew you off when you were helping me and then I totally <laughs> forgot about it and you called me and asked me if I was still coming mm-hmm. and I was just sitting on my couch doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I live three minutes from the church. Wait, no, I'm coming. Because uh, Dawn had asked me to like, I don't know, decorate and get snacks for some kind of meeting she was having. And Why didn't Dawn ask me? I don't know. But see, the thing is like, the thing is I like to plan things and I'm good at planning things, but I don't care about... Um, the way things look very much. That's not like in my house, Kyle is the person that makes things look beautiful. I am the person that wants to slap a rotisserie chicken on the middle of the table and let people rip it apart with their bare hands. Like mm-hmm. I don't care That's about, I mean, I do, I appreciate good presentation, but not to the point that I going to go out of your way. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to throw us like the box of variety variety chips on the table and like we'll just call that a day you literally Um, did that last night i literally Mm -hmm. did it last night that's right but uh i know that jenny miller makes things beautiful Mm -hmm. and so i imagined that when don asked me to do this she was asking me to make it look cute Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i knew that i might not i might phone it in there i might not realize that i'm not making it cute so i so anyway, it was just, Jenny, Jenny was so sweet. She basically did it for me. Like yeah. she just basically did it for me. She went into the church closet with me. She pulled out things. She showed me, I took pictures of the way she arranged it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then that day I just, mm-hmm. I just did what Jenny told me to do. Mm-hmm. And it looks <laughs> really cute. Yes. And she, you're just, I, I don't know. I just, to me, you fit right in and, um, I don't know. You, I, I just, I love your willingness to help, your willingness to give, your willingness to share, and you know. Thanks. Well, and I, I, I just remember us again walking through, breaking three free, and I do think some of that. I'm not going to just expose all of it, but I remember you struggling with that piece mm-hmm. of feeling unlovable, mm-hmm. unlovable by God, even though intellectually you could wrap your mind around. Right. God loves everybody. Right. You know, but you didn't personally experience it. 
it was interesting when I got on staff with Creation Station. Um, we were going through some interviews, and this one woman was telling us her story, and she had struggled with some of the same things, and she said someone told her that if she were the only person in the world, Christ still would have died for her. Mm. And that has just stuck with me, mm -hmm. because I thought, if it was just me, you would still do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the answer is yes, and... I mean, I still struggle, don't get me wrong, but I, I tell myself the truth and pray that that takes fruit. Well, and that's what I saw in you through that, <laughs> through that series. That's what I saw. The same way that you walked into DVC, you just kept stepping in faith. Like, I don't necessarily feel this way, but I do feel convicted pushed, encouraged, whatever, to, to continue on this path and to step back into church, even though I felt hurt by church and to believe that God loves me, even though sometimes that my circumstances don't feel like that's, don't make me feel like that's true. And you know, that has been, I believe, kind of my life over the last three years. I had friends that were so worried, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? It's like, I am sleeping like the dead because mm -hmm. I have realized I have zero control over my life. And mm -hmm. if God doesn't have it, then we're all in a hot mess. Mm -hmm. But just the way that he has provided, I had pulled out something. We recently moved and I pulled out this poster board that we had put in our kitchen. And I just written the verse, you know, about giving all of your cares and worries mm -hmm. to the Lord. And I gave my girls a Sharpie, and I said, write them down. I don't mm. care what they are. I don't care how big or how small or just write them down. And, you know, had one that was needed to get her driver's license. I needed to transfer titles of cars. One mm -hmm. that didn't know how we were going to pay for her college tuition. Mm. We just wrote it all down. And as God started to provide for those things, we took a red Sharpie and wrote <sighs> a big red heart on it. And I looked at it one day and I just thought, God, I can't give any more energy to some of these things. I don't know if they're going to change. And I know if you want them to, you can make it happen. But there are some things that I can't give any more emotional energy to. So I just put a big black X on it. And it was interesting because I pulled this back out. Um, when we were moving, I found it. And I got the red Sharpie out. And I put little hearts by some of the things he redeemed. He didn't redeem them in the way that I thought mm -hmm. they should be resolved. But just seeing those little bits of redemption, some of it was with my ex-husband's family. I mean, they pretty mm. much wrote us off. But three of them have contacted me over the years, prayed for me, oh, wow. checked in on the kids. And, you know, I got to put three little red hearts next to his mm. family. And that may be all the redemption we're going to get there, but I'll take it. And... So, anyway, um, just seeing how he's provided over the years, even down to where we're living right now. I mean, mm -hmm. anytime there's anything, it's like, okay, God. I mean, I needed to move this last time, and I didn't have a place to move. Like, I told the house I was renting I'm not staying. When my lease is over, I'll be moving. Where? <laughs> I don't know. But it literally, when I asked friends to pray for it two minutes later mm. I had a place to live and it was just like 
God was waiting for his timing. Mm -hmm. And there it was. And now I'm living in the most adorable little house. And Mm -hmm. I love it. And I'm saving almost $300 a month by living there. And Mm -hmm. I have fabulous landlords that are super funny. And, Mm. you know. Oh, I love that. When I couldn't figure out how to pay my rent through PayPal. This is a side (laughs) note here because it was really funny. I, um told them I broke PayPal because it like locked me out. Is there another way I can pay rent? <laughs> one of the answers was ones. It's so like you want an envelope Just full of one dollar ones. In ones. <laughs> I just laughed so hard. I was like, darn, I wish I could do that. But, so. Be a lot of ones. Yeah. <laughs> um so I so so I, I was I was joking and telling Laura earlier about how like I blew Jenny Miller off even though she was like helping me and I like just totally forgot about it. The other thing um, that I thought was sort of funny, like Jenny, it, what's what's funny is that Jenny was thirty minutes late to record tonight. Yeah, that I was, was just sitting at home. Yeah, that was su- that, that was super funny because usually it's me that's like. Like, it's usually me forgetting to meet with her. It's usually me that's like, hey, Jenny, um, uh, do you, uh, you know, can you make, can you make cake balls or, uh, what, what was it that we, that we, hot chocolate bombs for teacher gifts for Christmas, uh, for me. And she's like, yeah, why don't you come over and we'll do it. And she's like, you want to come over Tuesday or you know, Thursday, and I was like, yeah, or we could do it next week, and she's like, isn't school out next week? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess we're doing it tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, but in, in, any, in any case, uh, Jenny, so I, when I went over um, to hang out with Jenny while she made um, hot chocolate bombs for mm-hmm. me, um, she, uh, she, we were talking, and, and she... You know, you you were talking earlier about like hanging out in the Psalms, uh-huh. um, and Jenny told me that she wrote a Psalm of her own, yeah. and um, and she sent it to me later that day, and it was so beautiful. Like uh-huh. I just, it was it was so beautiful, and and it and it really was like that, like just that heart of like just honesty and mm-hmm. the wailing and worshiping, <laughs> the wailing and the worshiping, and um. Anyway, that's it's something that I appreciate about you. I just think you are, you are real. Mm-hmm. You're a one hundred. I was just real. thinking that too. Just your honesty, and and even your honesty in saying, "Here's what God's done," and I also still struggle sometimes. Absolutely. And that's that's just true for our human condition. It was interesting. I um, met with another pastor's wife that I had known. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to be her friend. Ah. <laughs> And now I am. She shall, who shall not be named. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we are friends now and very close friends. And it was interesting. I was sitting down talking to her and her daughter and her daughter just stopped and she said, this is so crazy. Like I've learned more about you and who you are in these last 10 minutes than I have the entire time I've ever known mm. you. And I thought... It's because it's me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't somebody telling me what I can and can't say. I mean, we'd be in the car and I would be getting, you can't talk to this person. Don't Mm -hmm. you dare tell them about that. Or, you know, don't say anything to him. Or, I mean, he's getting mad. We weren't Mm -hmm. even there yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, like, I didn't have to live by somebody else's standards and Mm -hmm. rules anymore. And I just got to 
be me and mm-hmm. me is super broken and a big hot mess but you know we all kind of are <laughs> is that what what do you think you've like God has spoken to your heart over the last three years like if you had to summarize like something that's changed um for you in the last three years something that you've learned I think my biggest thing would just be my faith in him I just know that God will provide. I mean, even just thinking about my oldest college, she ended up transferring because I couldn't afford it anymore and started going to Dallas Baptist. And how we afforded that was just purely by the grace of God Mm. and the way that he provided scholarships and even somebody at Dallas Bible that Aaron had told my story to you wrote a check for her and I'd never even met these people before and all the way to the point her last semester (laughs) the cost was negative four thousand dollars like how in the world does that happen like they cut her a check I mean they did Mm. take away some scholarships but Mm -hmm. I mean negative four thousand dollars that doesn't happen and so my instant go-to response now is just, God's got it. I mm-hmm. mean, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go out and get ahead of yourself and try to figure out his plan before he's revealed it to you. He has got it. And and I just, I mean, <laughs> like the house situation, I knew. I knew God would provide a place for us to live. I knew that it would come in his timing and you know, I said, no, I'm not coming back. And I didn't have a place to go, but I knew he would provide. Mm-hmm. And it's just a faith that I don't think I ever possessed before. We've been reading uh, the New Testament with our kids uh-huh. this year. Um, and we're doing it on the Bible app. And then we'll make comments, you know. And today we read about Lazarus being sick. And um, and then and Jesus waited two days and then went to him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I was writing to my kids, like my, my comment on that was Jesus found out his friend was dying and he waited two days. Why? And, um, I, and, and I said, what I, what I always say at the beginning of this podcast, God's a big show off. He likes mm-hmm. to stack the deck against himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and so what's cool is when when you've seen him do that a couple of times, you stop, you stop worrying about the bad hand that you've mm-hmm. been dealt, and you start seeing how well he can play with that really crappy hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I will. This is so off topic, but you've shared a lot of stories about me. I have to share one about you, and it was during our Bible study mm-hmm. with a breaking free. Mm-hmm. I remember you bought a box of Kleenexes specifically for that. Bible study. Were they brand named Kleenex? They were. And you said like, we use toilet paper. So this is like Mm -hmm. only for the Bible study. And you would like put them in the garage when we weren't having it and you'd bring them out when they were. And the kids weren't allowed to touch them. But I think I probably went through most of that box myself. (laughs) (laughs) But I appreciate being able to, you know, be real and Mm -hmm. be able to just... Cry. And then in true Jenny Miller fashion, at the end of that Bible study, mm-hmm. she made all, she made all of us adorable, <laughs> totally um, portable forgot. Kleenex um, little <laughs> packages that she sewed that are so, mm-hmm. so, so cute. I totally forgot I still have Yes. Those. Well, but isn't, I still that, have was, mine. isn't that so Jenny Miller? It's so Jenny Miller. It's so Jenny Miller. You are Miller. lovely. 
Anyway, well, Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank um, you. We, I mean, you know, Laura and I just love you. Well, um, I just love y'all. And uh, anyway, I just, I know that this was a hard story to tell. And um, I just, I'm, I'm so glad for what I've seen God do with you in the, I guess, three years that I've known you. Yeah. Um, and I'm just blessed that you're my friend. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I think I, I love that your willingness to share it is to show off God that that you're 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 wanting to say the things that have happened to you that are hard and maybe sometimes feel embarrassing or um pri- more private is to say look what God did. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'll come back every week and just talk if you like. <laughs> come on. <laughs> We'd love it. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much uh for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. We'll talk to you soon.